to the Toxic Confidence Podcast. Guys, I'm hopping on here to say that this is episode one of the podcast, but I also wanted to hop on here and say that when we filmed this, I accidentally didn't have my mic on. So the quality of my voice is kind of not so great, but I just wanted to say that before we get into freaking episode one of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I'm sorry that my voice sucks in this one. Anyway, welcome to episode one of the Toxic Confidence podcast. I am here with Amy today. Um, She is just fantastic. And we are going to get into a little bit of what she does for, I guess, a living. She helps so many men and women um, truly find themselves. And I feel like that is kind of the point of this podcast. I want people to feel better when they have listened to it than how they had started and hopefully like pick up on things that they want to work on or things that maybe they're insecure about and just like kind of branch out um from there so let's talk about Amy for a little bit (laughs) thank you for having me I'm so excited to be here and I mean confidence it's like it's a buzzword it's something we're all we're all struggling with we're all finding we're all trying to not be you know be too much and labeled particular ways but yeah I I help people find confidence for a living it's pretty cool that I get to get paid to serve people and and help them find themselves so what a beautiful space to be in and to be here with you yay I'm so so happy to have you here and yeah exactly you're the first person that I would think of who just like oozes confidence and also accepts like everything about themselves and is great with like learning more about yourself as well and I feel like the one of the biggest things that I wanted to get on episode one calling it here kitty kitty is to talk about like women and performative sex and like what we're kind of like almost ingrained to do there's so many women that like will not self-pleasure or only do it like for men you know and I grew up where you know in a town where literally if you had a nipple hair you were like the most disgusting thing on earth yeah let's talk about sex baby um there is so much shame built into and around sex and pleasure and one of the craziest parts about that is the fact that most of these sort of like purity culture ideologies came from religion like a lot of this is passed down from religion now I'm a very spiritual person I am not hating on religion I'm hating on the indoctrination that goes on that creates so much shame Mm-hmm. And the, the the strangest part to me about that is that if we were created by a God, choose choose God, if if we were created by them, why, why are we such pleasurable beings if we're not supposed to be living a life in pleasure? Like, what? <laughs> we're talking about a nipple hair being a problem. You can literally have a nipple orgasm. So like, <laughs> you know, um, so the the whole pl- the the aspect of pleasure and pulling that into life, we have become so disconnected from pleasure and the fact that our bodies are such pleasurable places to be. And I'm not just talking about sex or Mm -hmm. self-pleasure. I'm talking about every aspect of pleasure that can exist in the world and in life. Like it is, we're actually meant to be here and have a good time. I really truly believe that. I agree. Yeah. Um, And things like say being ashamed for a nipple hair, mm. right? This just comes from, you know, anyone that shames someone else for having a nipple hair, they're just dealing with shame 
of, of something yeah, uh, def- themselves. Definitely own insecurities. And that is something that I, um, definitely grew up with. I was always like so nervous to have sex because I had like been called out in a way, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you don't have like the perfect vagina and like you're put under like a microscope that you're supposed to be like this perfect woman. And if you aren't like that, then you're not deserving of pleasure essentially. Yeah. And, um, I also went to the strip club when I was 19 with two other girls and a girl that was on stage had like almost identical vaginas to what I had. And they were like, that's disgusting. Like I would never, um, never be up on stage if I looked like that. And I, like, I do not, I do not have like anything crazy going on also, <laughs> like for the record. And if I did, I would own it. But, um, yeah, it, like that, like fucked me up so mentally that like I would not let a guy like eat me out at all. I would literally like if a guy like thought about going <laughs> going near me that way, I would like close my legs and like bring their face up to me or right. like, completely change it and like I'll be like I'm I'll give it to you. Like, right. I don't I don't need that. Yeah, uh, my heart is breaking for that younger version of you because yeah. um and this is this is a story that we hear a lot. There's so much and. It is not just women that are shamed for their bodies, their genitalia, whatever. Like this is, and we all have to be mindful as we're, as we're trying to change this, um, you know, especially in, in circles of women, like, and this is what I do, right? I work primarily with women. It's mostly vaginas that I'm talking about, but we all have to be mindful of the fact that, um, you know, this, this kind of dialogue goes on ab- about men as well. But yeah, the vagina shame, more so, okay, if we're being specific, which is what I like to do, um, the vagina is actually what's internal. So yeah. most of the time what we're talking about is actually the vulva, right? And yeah. um, and again, this is like a word that's just not as, as well known. But the, the vagina vulva shame is very real and it's very prevalent. And almost every woman that you ever talk to <laughs> carries some little story from somewhere about how they are wrong in some way right there is something wrong about their body I'm sure you can relate to this but I was always (laughs) shamed for being too skinny yeah right I I literally had a guy tell me um in swimming lessons I think I was probably 12 and I was jacked from gymnastics and he's like if you ever want a boyfriend you can't look like that because you look too much like a boy and I was I'm pretty sure I retired from gymnastics the next year. Yeah, because that's like those voices are so loud and we are primed and programmed, especially as women. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I should even say especially as women, because I really think this programming goes on for men as well. Oh, yeah. Um, that we're supposed to be partners and we're supposed to mate and then yes. that's it. And that you have to look a particular way to have this partner or mate, right? Men are supposed to have big muscles and be tall and and be domineering and dominant and and women are meant to be you know this perfect curvy build we've got to have boobs we've got to have long luscious hair and like it is yeah it is indoctrinated from a young age like you're saying 12 years old you were told i'll never you'll never have a boyfriend or a partner or whatever if you don't look a different way barely why at 12 are we worried about, yeah, about why, that why right genuinely like, I, didn't, I didn't even know that boys liked girls <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like, oh, exactly no. like if you start thinking about and this is funny because i was shamed and bullied for being so skinny but i was probably eight or nine years old and i started sucking my stomach in all of the time 
right? Yeah. Like, I actually had a girlfriend bring that up the other day when I had posted on Instagram the um, transformation I had from 100 pounds to like 130. Yeah, yeah, I and saw she, that. And she was like, man, I wish I was 100 pounds again. I'm like, girl, you are like a beautiful gazelle. You do not need to be 100 pounds. Like, yeah. she's like... She's like, but I, it's like, we grew up in that era where it was like the skinnier, the better. That's how you like find like a hot partner. You know what I mean? Is like by being skinny and just that was it. Yeah. But be skinny. But then also if you are skinny, (laughs) you will get bullied about that. So you're actually just wrong no matter what you do, no matter how you do it. And this is every aspect of our bodies, including our most intimate parts. Yeah. Yeah. And I find because of like you know just like what we've like watched and what we've learned and even like like subconscious like programming like women too it's like we don't like I would say like 90% of the sex I had like growing up I did not enjoy and I would just do it for performance based because I was worried that like people were talking about it afterwards and I would do it for that more so than for myself yeah and that is a narrative that plays out into adulthood for lots and lots and lots of people. Um, And the reality is that a a lot of the times that is actually true is like when you're younger and it still happens. I mean, I I would like to hope that as adults, we're not, (laughs) you know, other than other than just telling stories to to good friends, I would hope that we're not shaming, um, you know, other people when it comes to sexual experiences. But the reality is that that does happen and it especially happens at a young age. And I mean, for myself, um, I think I'm probably one of the only women that I know that does not have a traumatic either first sexual experience or young sexual experience. And that is simply because I was with, I had the same boyfriend all through high school. He adored me. I adored him. We lost our virginities to each other. And it was like just a beautiful, super safe experience. And I think for myself, at least that carried on that energy, that is what became baseline norm to me Mm. was to be with someone who loved me for me. There was, I mean, of course, there was still lots of like the performative stuff going on because the only exposure we have to sex is like through porn and whatnot. There was lots of of that going on still, but I didn't carry the same kind of like worry or shame um, going on. And I and I think that that translated into the way that I thought about and moved around sex as an adult. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. honestly, when uh, Brett and I got together, that was like, well, actually, the first time we had had sex was the first time I had ever like felt okay and calm because I did have like a very traumatic first experience I had my like youth stolen from me at a young age you know so I like I was terrified for such a long time and he's the only person that I feel like I can truly truly let go with and I'm I'm very thankful for that um but yeah at the end of the day it's just like and he's after we started seeing each other was the first time that I was like oh well I can actually like do this for myself too and not feel like weird about yeah it. for sure yeah yeah shout out to brett for yeah, being amazing first of all <laughs> and i i mean i'm sorry that you had a bad experience um you know at such a young age though those um those sexual traumas they live with they live with us and uh, men experience sexual trauma as well for sure you know the amount of men that i know who had you know their first sexual experience with like a full, you know, they were a child essentially and they had their sexual experience with like a full grown woman. Yeah. 
And they don't, because of the way that language um, and sex is experienced and talked about between men and women, that's not even seen as being a traumatic experience. No, it's not seen as cool. You know yes. I mean? We even have movies about for sure, stuff like that. For sure. For right? sure. So. But anytime an adult is having sex with a child, it's, that's traumatic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no matter sure. how you swing it. So, so yeah, it, I mean, it, it definitely happens to both genders. Um but it's like that's that's something that gets carried. And when we're talking about um, the male and female anatomy and energetics of the anatomy, the female body literally receives, which means that it holds things differently than the male body does. So a lot of the work that I do and a lot of the conversations that I have is about the womb, because when we have a sexual experience, whether it is positive or negative, that actually gets stored inside the woman's body because we are the receiver. In every aspect of life, physically, emotionally, we receive. So it's even more important to kind of like dig through and slough through that kind of stuff when it comes to to, to females mm-hmm. because otherwise we're packing that around. And then every time we have an exchange with another man, we are exchanging that energy, good, bad, whatever, with that person. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we all, I think, have a responsibility or at least an opportunity now with the information that is out there to just bring more consciousness around sex. And that includes being more conscious about the conversations and the language that we use to describe, you know, different body parts and sex and nipple hairs oh my God. <laughs> uh, and so and and digging through like when we're talking about performative sex say um and what we mean uh, maybe i should explain like what we even mean by like yeah, yeah, performative yeah. sex so this might come as a shock to everyone but sex is actually meant to be an experience of your body mm-hmm. either alone or with another body or with multiple other bodies um that is meant to be enjoyable and pleasurable just because it is enjoyable and pleasurable yeah. not because you're putting on a show for somebody else and because most of us we learn about sex through things like pornography. We get this vision in our head of what sex is supposed to be or supposed to look like. And now there's nothing inherently wrong with what goes on in pornography mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like, you know, <laughs> the different variations of, of the performance that you see. What is r- I'm I'm using the term wrong here loosely because the last thing I want to do is like create shame here in this conversation. But there are a lot of people who are going through the motions of having sex, thinking more about what they look like or what the other person is seeing or perceiving than actually just being in the moment in their body. The amount of times the bread has to be like, Babe, quit think of quit thinking about whatever the fuck you're thinking about yeah. because it's not important. Like it's literally just be not present. Like here with me, and I'm like, right. Like you don't care that like I'm in a build. You don't care that like this or that. Like they don't. No, like, they don't. Hopefully, they don't. If you're having sex with somebody, somebody that you should be having sex with, then you should. Yeah. Then then they shouldn't be caring about that. 100%. Um, and but and it 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 is going to take open conversations probably from both sides to talk about this and and unpack it but the amount of people that are 
either not experiencing pleasure or not experiencing nearly as much pleasure as they could be during sex and in other times of of life or are even experiencing um, numbness, pain, discomfort. These are conversations that I have a lot with with women, with clients. Um, I don't personally have as many conversations in that regard with men. So I don't actually know if that occurs (laughs) for them. That's just something that I wouldn't even be aware of. But um, a lot of that has to do with us kind of like betraying ourselves in that moment and just making it about something that it's not actually supposed to be about. Like mm-hmm. it, it should be about you as as an individual. And if there is another person involved, them and, and then this like coming together. Right. That's supposed to be the beauty of, of intimacy. And sex is just like the most expressive part of intimacy, yeah. um, you know, in the physical, tangible realm. But we make it about all sorts of other stuff that it's Oh, yeah. Not I need about. to, like, get my ego in check, like, all the time. <laughs> and be like, hey, it's not about, like, it's not about this at all. It's, like, literally about, like, that energy and just being one with each other. Yeah. And it can be so beautiful and so transformative and so healing. Um, and you'll even find that there's performative aspects to self-pleasure as well, mm-hmm. you know? And... <clears throat> like I love to play with energy like that there's there's so much that we can do there's so much that we can um you know have fun with and so on the same token like while we're talking about this there's also an aspect of performance that can be really fun and really expressive and you can show off so many different parts of yourself or parts of yourself that you have never met before um you know I was a dancer growing up and I know you know you you were in there too like especially the feminine, we actually love to perform. We love to act. And so it's not to say that performing either for yourself or for someone else or for an audience is wrong necessarily. It's just, can you do so from a place where you're still honoring yourself? And I think feeling safe too. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I think for me, like, because of like the slightly traumatic I'm going to say slightly, that was an understatement, but yeah. like the drama that I went through, um, I would try and like dominate men. Like right. I wanted to just like be a virginity stealer and like just like literally dominate as many men as I could and like never want to remember their name because right. I wanted to feel like the power, even though I feel like that was such a disgusting way of doing that for me because I didn't feel whole after doing any of those experiences um and like I said it wasn't until I found a partner that actually felt safe for me that I did fully let go and I was like oh this is what pleasure actually feels like it's not just like a mental stealing from someone you know yeah you wanted to become the man that hurt you yes yeah yeah exactly yeah and that's one fair two common um and i think that you know obviously you're able to see that now and as women you know moving through the world and i speak to women because i'm a woman and i just feel more comfortable speaking to yeah, women and, and holding women accountable um we have a responsibility especially when there's so much conversation about about sex and the Every every woman knows a woman 
who has had a traumatic sexual experience. Like, because oh, yeah. almost every woman has. Oh, yeah. But we do, on some level, have a responsibility for taking ownership of that and not perpetuating that yeah. cycle. Um, and not being the traumatic experience for someone else. Or even just energetically... You know, like I was saying, because we like our wounds are literally cauldrons, you know, and um, and and I say this on an energetic kind of like witchy level, but also even just on a biological level, like we actually store imprints of our partners like in, in a on, on the scientific sort of realm. Um, so when we are exchanging, like I was saying, that exchange of energy anyone that denies that sex is is an exchange of energy like i don't even know i don't even know how to converse with them (laughs) but there are people that will argue that it is not um yeah this is one of the things i get torn apart on tiktok about is like because i talk about sex being an exchange of energy no there is people in mad denial of that and well then what is it i genuinely don't know (laughs) this is this is a conversation like that goes beyond me um but but yeah when you when you have these you know traumatic experiences especially if it's at a young age it's like what other response are you going to have other than to do something to try to reclaim yes your power and reclaim yourself um so whether it's that you have a and and this the spectrum of trauma is so broad right like it doesn't it doesn't have to be sexual assault to be trauma no it doesn't right and in any way shape or form um so it's just like yeah like i said before it's just like bringing a consciousness around this this thing that is meant to be beautiful and enjoyable but isn't always yeah what would you have to say about women that do not like being i'm gonna say it in layman's terms like eaten out um one you if if you have a preference there is no shame in that so that's where i would start is just by like there is nothing wrong yeah with you as a person so if that actually genuinely isn't something that you enjoy or enjoy that much that is okay yeah thank you for saying that because i find a lot of women that reach out to me are like I just like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't like it. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. No. You don't like it. You don't no. like it. Like, I don't like fucking anal. I don't like a lot right, of Right, right. Some people doesn't don't mean, like mayonnaise. Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> <doesn't mean it's laughs> That's okay. Exactly. Um, but if it is something like, and I mean, with everything, but especially when it comes to sex, there is like so much external noise. There's so right. much, you know, of telling you what you should and shouldn't like or do or, you know, all this. Um but I think anytime you have something like that arise, there's an opportunity to look deeper. And so if you don't like anything and the undercurrent of that is because you feel shame around it, you yeah. have an opportunity to lessen that burden on yourself so like you know how you were describing that when you were younger you felt shame around your body and so that is why you denied yourself something that I mean at that point you probably were like maybe I would like it maybe I wouldn't I don't even know yet right so if you are able to create an opportunity for yourself to like look a little bit closer at that undercurrent of of shame or unworthiness or even just 
you know, especially for females, an ability to receive, mm. right? Like it's, um, if we can soften into that and just like take a look at it. And if you still don't like it, that's okay, you know? But if you do and you are able to find, to open yourself up to um, to a realm of one, receiving and what you know, you have to remember that when you are receiving, you are giving someone else the opportunity to give, which is a beautiful gift in and of itself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's like, you know, you're you're having that exchange right there. And then if it is something that you enjoy, then that's like this beautiful pleasure portal in and of itself. And it could even just be like, maybe you get to a place that it's actually not your favorite thing, but... If you had found that you were carrying, you know, shame or embarrassment or something around and you were able to overcome that, even if it's not your favorite thing, you you still had an opportunity to just like reclaim a part of you. Exactly. Reclaim that power. I feel like that is something, too, that I like worked on when I finally like enjoyed myself for all of its being was also just like exploring that for myself yes because like I had never done that before do you recommend any like exercises or anything like that for women to like self-explore I do I do um so one thing that I think gets sort of like lost in translation when it comes to like self-pleasure and masturbation whatever you want to call it is the fact that it has to just be like genital focused okay Mm. so Now, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, so I will just speak for myself. Personally, I find my entire body is a pleasure zone. Like, there is not a part of my body that I don't like being touched, caressed, licked, whatever. Like, all of it. Every single bit of my being is a pleasure zone. So when I'm being intimate with another person, I absolutely love having every aspect of me you know, felt and touched and like honored and acknowledged. And I think that lots of women, lots of people probably feel the same way. Yeah. I feel like lots of people haven't had that experience though, where they have felt honored and acknowledged and safe enough to actually have those things happen. Yes. And that is, that is very true because a lot of people are having either disconnected sex or casual sex or unsafe sex. And I don't mean unsafe as in no condom. I mean, there isn't safety in the intimacy. So that might not be occurring. And also again, everybody just has and likes different kinds of sex. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said, I'll talk for myself. This is what I like. But when we're talking about self-pleasure and self-intimacy, there's so much just like grab your vibrator and like get off. Yeah. <laughs> and um, believe me, that used to be me. Like I would carry my vibrator in the purse. Like I'm on the ferry. I'm in the tanning bed. Like whatever. Like I'm getting it in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, and since kind of like exploring this world more, that is no like that is no longer me. I don't even use a vibrator anymore. I'm mm-hmm. not into it. Um, I have because I found that I had got myself to a place where I just wasn't even as sensitive as mm-hmm. I used to be. And again, not bringing shame to the vibrators. You like it, you do you. That was just my own journey. Um, but for if if you are somebody that's like ex- experiencing shame or unworthiness or whatever word you want to pick that you might hold about your body or your kitty or your sexuality or even just, you know, yourself in in any aspect, bringing 
pleasure, self-pleasure to all the aspects of yourself. Mm. Like you don't have to necessarily have it be about orgasm or about touching your vulva, your vagina, anything. If you're going to self-pleasure, like self-pleasure could be giving yourself a calf massage Mm -hmm. like that that and that's a great place to start especially if this all seems like whoa like to give myself that to give space for myself to have that like that can be that can be a feat in and of itself yeah I truly think so many people are just disconnected with like what it is to like love themselves fully you know what I mean and that means accepting all the scars all the flaws like everything that is to do with you and like just one of the biggest things for me was like writing stuff down that had hurt me and just like burning it away. Yeah. You know, you don't have to carry it. Yeah. You don't have to carry that. You, you and your human experience is allowed to feel every single emotion. There's no shame in that. And you are allowed to love yourself. You truly are. Yeah. Because what else is there? Like what else is there? We are here in this one life for this short period of time. And like, that's what I was saying before about we are these pleasurable beings. And like, there's so much joy and so much beauty in our bodies, in ourselves, in our lives, in other people. So it's like, yeah, like (laughs) why not just give it a go? Um, and like, as far as sort of like more tangible things that, that, um, women can start with, I, I will tell like my clients, like get a mirror mm-hmm. and look at yourself, like look at your vulva, like look at her and the amount of um, discomfort that that brings oh oh, for so many God, people, yeah. you know, like that is a part of you. That is a beautiful part of you. That is, you know, it's, it's a pl- enormous pleasure center. Um, it is connected to like your, your, your feminine core, right? We are bleeding beings. If you so choose to bring life, that is where it comes from. Like, yeah. ah, it's just, it's incredible. Right. But to, to confront that is something that we're so shamed. We're so shamed for, we're disconnected from I've, I've had clients who are mothers and they have never taken a mirror and looked at their own vulva before. That's wild to me because I've, I've been looking at mine since I was six, I'm pretty sure. So I'm just like, I, I'm like just fascinated by it all. Um, but it's like just that alone. And then as you're looking at it, letting yourself the hell was I talking about? Looking at your vagina. Looking at your vagina. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and as you're, as you're like, we, you know, the, the, the culture that I am sort of tapped into, they call it yoni gazing. I use Mm. the word kitty. It's just like more me. Um, but as you are confronted with that, the same way that, you know, oftentimes if you tell people to like truly look at their face in the mirror and just allow the thoughts that come up to come up, it's going to be very similar, you know, or standing naked in front of a mirror. Like it's, we're confronted with a lot, including all of these voices, many of which are not even ours. Yeah. Saying different things about it. Right. And just like, can you allow that to just come and just be, right? Because the other aspect is we don't have to 
shame that part of ourselves either, right? If you have these thoughts that arise, maybe they're negative, maybe they're not. But then underneath there, can you just see this as a part of you in all of its beauty and all of its glory and all of its magic, you know? And um, we we carry stuff sometimes that isn't even ours. Like one of the things when I'm talking about like periods in the female cycle, like that I love to say is like how many bleeding wounds have been in your bloodline? Wow. Like, uh, like I got goosebumps just saying that it's, it's like we, your, your lineage, like how many bleeding wounds have there been? Right. And that is why we are here. I love that. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, these incredible vessels that is like the female body that brings literal life into the world. And so when you look at your vagina, that's what you're looking at. So even if you can't in that moment appreciate yours in its own like unique glory, can you at least appreciate that? Yeah. You know, like that that is that is the reason for the human existence. And like, why would we be shaming that? Yeah. You know, that's so beautiful. And I feel like that's a good place to end this episode just on like such a vibrant, beautiful note. Yeah. Um, I will link all of Amy's details into the show notes and she's going to be on a few more episodes with us here in the near future. Um, yeah, that is episode one. I hope you feel like you can confidently look at your kitty or at least like have that determination to go and try and just accept, um, yourself for everything that you are. And it is not toxic to ask your partner about a different experience or for them to try something new for you. It is absolutely healthy and amazing. So Amy, I'm so thankful that you were able to join us today for this episode. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And yeah, if you can take one thing away from this, it's it's literally just that self-acceptance and that that little voice inside that tells you that there's something wrong with you is wrong. (laughs) 